Well, good morning, Pursuit. It is good to be back with you again this week. Uh, if you don't know me or maybe you've seen my face, my name is Aaron Lynch. I am the Connections Pastor here at Pursuit. And uh, I am up to bat the last weekend this week doing the message uh, while Pastor Mark is home uh, resting and recuperating from his surgery. He's doing well. And uh, it sounds like he is looking forward to getting back uh, and being with us all next weekend. So we're excited about that. Um, I'm going to pray for our message this morning here in a second. But what I want to do is give you all a quick update about my father. I told you guys about him last week uh, and his cancer diagnosis. Uh, he's doing well. We've gotten some good news this week. Um, they're actually starting some treatment for him. And uh, we're hoping to get him home maybe by Friday this week, maybe early next week. And so um Again, just want to thank you all for your prayers and thoughts, and uh, it's just been really neat to experience how God is working through the situation. Uh, so I'm grateful for all of that. So let me pray for our message this morning, and then we'll jump right in. Dear Lord, we just thank you for today. I thank you for this time to be um, with this group of people and to be talking about your word and talking about your will, God. And so I just pray that uh, these things that we talk about, these questions we ask, the answers that we find, God, that are there from you, and that we can use them and incorporate them into our daily lives so that we can not only uh, increase our knowledge of you and grow our faith, but that, God, we can just find the ways forward so that we can honor you and just show you love, God, and uh, we just thank you for this time. And so it's in your son's name we pray. Amen. Well, like I said, uh, I was preaching last week. I'm back here with you again today. And so um, we are continuing. This is actually the last message in our Down to Earth series. And uh, last week, uh, we, you know, I kind of ran through some of the topics and themes that Mark has, Pastor Mark has gone through with you all. And, uh, you know, 2020, what a year. Oh, my goodness. Like, <laughs> there's been a lot of stuff. And um, some of the things that we've had to wrestle with are things like, you know, what should my response be to a pandemic as a Christian? What do I do now that the election over is over and my side won or lost? Uh, what do I do now that I can't meet in person on a Sunday morning and be with my faith community, with my friends, my spiritual family? What do I do now that my kids are learning from home and there's a stay-at-home order here in Minnesota and I feel absolutely stretched thin as a parent and maybe burnt out? What do I do when I lose my job? What do I do when the world feels like it is falling apart around me. So we talked last week about this question of what's next. Really feel like God is, is telling, you know, helping us find answers to what's next. Because as Christians, we know we can't just stay here when life gets tough. God is calling us to much more. So last week, we talked about taking the big picture view of what God wants us to do as Christians. And we looked at three passages, and I just want to quickly review those for you guys in case you weren't here. The first one was the Great Command. It comes out of Matthew chapter 22, and the point here was that God wants us to love him first and to love our neighbors. You know, when we're asking this question of what's next, like, we need to retreat back to some of those tried and true, the foundation of our faith. And one of the pillars of that foundation is this passage out of Matthew 22. The second one was out of Matthew 28. This is the Great Commission. And the point here was that God wants us to spread the good news of Jesus. It is our job as Christians to not only grab hold of that good news of, you know, accepting Jesus as our Lord and Savior, but to tell as many people about it who don't know him. It's not just a gift that we can hoard for ourselves. We have to share it. And the third thing was out of Acts chapter 2, this blueprint that we've been given for the church, what churches should look like, how they should operate. And the point was that God wants his people to be together, united in Christ. We're not supposed to be causing division. We're not supposed to be fighting other people or fighting each other, fighting other Christians. We need to unite under the banner of Jesus Christ. Today, I want to take a closer look, not at the big picture of the church and of Christianity, what God wants all of his followers to be doing, but I want to make it um, more personal. I want to bring it closer to home here at Pursuit, and I want us to find what is it that God is telling this group of believers, this community, this faith community, this group of people, what is he telling us is next in our unique context here in the North Metro? My hope is that we will discover God's answers to that question and a spiritual posture of how to listen and learn and move forward together. 
Now, to kind of illustrate what I'm talking about this morning, uh, I just want to share with you guys a little bit this notion of being a dad. I'm a father of two twin, almost five-year-olds, Axel and Victoria. We've got a picture that we're going to put up here on the screen for you guys so you can see them. They're wonderful kids. They're beautiful. They are so much fun to be around. And I'll be very honest with you, I love, absolutely love being a dad. I love being a dad and almost everything that comes along with it. There are a couple hard parts, things that are tricky, but for the most part, I just, I love being a father. I love my family. I love my kids. And over these last five years of parenting, of being a father, um, I've been given the opportunity to, to make some pretty big observations. I've learned a lot of things about being a dad. Some of those things are big and profound. Some of them are not, not profound and they're kind of mundane. So I want to share a couple of those with you right now. This will be kind of fun. Uh, so like some of the the uh, big and profound things, like one of the big things that I've learned being a dad is I've learned what it truly feels like to be loved by God. And what I mean by that is, is that as a father, you know, I love my kids so much. It's this like type of love, this form of love that I didn't really know existed. I'd heard about it, people have talked about it, but I, I couldn't really tell you what it was until I experienced it being a father. So it's given me this notion of, wow, I love my kids this much. But in reality, that's just a small fraction of how much Jesus and God loves me. And that's pretty overwhelming. It's a pretty powerful thing. It's very profound. <laughs> Some other observations that I've had as a father uh, that are not profound, I'll share them with you right now. The first one is this question of like, what did I do with all of my free time <laughs> before I became a dad? Right? Like, I, ha I know I had all this free time in the past. I know I don't have any free time now. Like, what did I do with that? I, how do I not have a doctoral degree right now? How am I not like a surgeon or, you know, I could have been negotiating peace in the Middle East or something like amazing. I had that much free time. What did I do? I don't remember. Like, I certainly didn't watch that much TV or play video games, right? Another one for you is diaper wipes. Like, are these not the greatest invention ever it, mankind like seriously not only do they clean kids bottoms but like i they just do so much never will diaper wipes leave my house until the day i die i mean this ready-made package of wipes that are wet and ready to be clean they're just begging to be used like they're amazing you know i can use them to clean up small spills and messes i can clean my hands without having to wash them i can use them for anything like it's amazing diaper wipes amazing and then the last one that I'm going to share with you is um, I've really learned that I simultaneously love and hate children's kids' television programming. There are some shows that are amazing. Like, it almost feels like they're written for parents, right? They just appeal to me so much. One of them that I love that, you know, my kids happen to like, too, is this show on Netflix called Puff and Rock. The narrator is an Irish comedian named Chris O'Dowd, and he's hilarious, but the show itself is very sweet. It helps kids learn about the world around them and animals and, you know, being socially and emotionally aware. And the best part is it's like, it's really funny. It makes me laugh pretty hard, right? And sometimes I'll laugh and like my kids are like, what are you laughing at? That wasn't funny. And I'm like, no, that was hilarious, right? But then there are also shows that are not great, that I actually dread. They might be the bane of my existence. And if you're a parent, you know exactly what I'm talking about. The show that I might dislike the most is Dora the Explorer. I mean, anytime I hear the map song, my brain melts. There's a, a sense of dread and anger that comes over me that I've seldom experienced in this world. You know, the premise of Swiper is annoying, and the repetition in the show is just, I, it's repetitive. Like, I can't stand it, you know, and I just don't like that show. But there is a theme in Dora the Explorer that I think is profound. And I think it is worthy of our time this morning, so I want to share it with you. And that theme is this. You're always going to find what you're looking for if you have a map to guide you. You're always going to find what you're looking for if you have a map to guide you. Well, you're right. I can hear all of your thoughts right now. I can envision the chat section uh, right now that that is not profound. Like, obviously, if you have a map, it's going to help you find what you're looking for. But I think it is a principle that is very profound. And I want to just explain this a little bit more, so, so stay with me. 
The Bible tells us time and time again that God gives us everything that we need when we seek Him. So I want to share a little bit of Scripture with you. It comes out of Luke chapter 12. And it talks about this idea of God giving us everything that we need when we seek Him. So Luke chapter 12, verses 27 through 31. So we're going to put up on the screen. I'm going to read it for you right now. It says this. Consider how the wildflowers grow. They do not labor or spin. And yet I tell you, not even Solomon in all of his splendor, was dressed like one of these. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, how much more will he clothe you? And do not set your heart on what you will eat or drink. Do not worry about it, for the pagan world runs after such things, and your father knows that you need them. Now here's the key. But seek his kingdom, And these things will be given to you as well. God gives us everything we need in all things. But specifically, God has given us everything we need to answer the question of what's next here at the ground level, wherever you're at, whatever city, whatever community you're in, here at Pursuit. God has given us everything we need. He has given us some maps to guide our journey. So what are those maps? I'm going to share them with you right now. There are two obvious ones. God's Word. This is obvious. Like God has given us this wonderful book, this tool to impart so much of his wisdom, his character, his will to us. We just literally have to pick it up and read it. We have to use it, right? He's also given us his Spirit, the Holy Spirit, who lives inside of us, who is with us every second of every day, who nudges us, who points us, who guides us, who might speak to us. God is with us through his spirit constantly. Those are both obvious guides, obvious maps to use the Dora analogy. But there is a third, slightly less obvious map, and that one is the church. Now, if we want to understand how God is using his church, all of the churches everywhere, as a map to guide his people, to what's next, we first need to review the purpose of that church. So when God creates the church, the body of Christ, after Jesus ascends into heaven, he creates his church. He creates a way for his followers. It's a road map. He creates a way for them to continue this process, this journey without Jesus, post-Jesus. So what is the purpose of the church? I would say that the first purpose of the church as an entity, as a group of people, It's to carry out the physical duties of God's will. God, at different points throughout history, has, can, and will show up in person. You know, sometimes in a burning bush, sometimes in a cloud or fog. He sends his son Jesus in person to do his will and execute his will. He sends the Spirit as well. But he wants us, Christians, Christ followers, he's calling us to be the group, the entity, the organization that does the work that executes his will here on earth. That's the first purpose. The second purpose is the church creates an opportunity for Christ followers to come together as a group for the express purposes of things like this. Things like fellowship. Things like education, learning, reading scripture, learning about who God is, learning about his character. This is how we uh, learn to respond through faith to the things that God asks us to do, to learn and to educate ourselves. We also do things, spiritual practices, things like worship, prayer, discipleship. We serve. We find needs around us, whether it's friends, family, or strangers, and we meet those needs. We also do the work of evangelism. We share the news of Jesus, of salvation, with the world around us. I also think that the purpose of the church is to provide a hands-on experience for God's people to corporately work out their spiritual beliefs, their ideals, ask questions, find answers, and to practice their faith. Whether in high school or post-high school and college, pretty much all of us have had some sort of a science class at some point, right? Most science classes, besides the classroom education piece, we have a lab, which is where you practice what you learn in class. You do the experiments, the hands-on, note-taking, the measuring, the results. And that's 
probably one of the biggest purposes of the church is to practice our faith. So we know that God gives us everything we need on our journey to live out our faith. We know that God has given us these maps, these guides to show us how to do that. That's one of the ways he executes that Luke 27 vision, that goal, that calling. But I think the big question now is, if the purpose of God's church doesn't change, which it doesn't, it's the same as it's always been since the first church, then why do so many churches and denominations look and feel and do things so different? Shouldn't all of God's churches, shouldn't all of the denominations everywhere, not just in the United States, but everywhere, shouldn't they look and feel and do and be about the same things across the board? I think the answer is no. No, they shouldn't. There's no scripture that details why God made the church the way he did. He talks about purposes and, and the outputs, the actions of church. But my guess is that God has ordained, he's planned on purpose, this beautiful diversity that is his church. He made our differences and our uniqueness on purpose. So if you think about it, it totally makes sense. All of us, individuals, individual people, we're all different. None of us are the same. And anywhere, like everywhere, <laughs> we're all different, right? We know this. So it only makes sense that if a bunch of unique individuals are getting together in groups and congregating around the specific purpose of being Christians, of being Christ followers, then those groups made up of unique people are going to themselves be unique. Every church is different. Sometimes they have different missions or different values, different goals, different outputs. But hopefully the purposes, the identity, the foundation doesn't change. So what that tells me is that churches are like beautiful little snowflakes. Beautiful little snowflakes that are unique and individual. They're all snowflakes, but they're all different. And that's how God wanted it. Pursuit is not like any other church. We are unique. We are our own entity. Even though we're a church plant and we have churches that we partnered with to launch and we borrow and use some of their same values and beliefs and missional goals, just by the nature of having unique individuals make up this body of believers, that makes us unique and different. We're our own beautiful, pretty little snowflake, right? So that should tell us that each little C church is the exact way it is on purpose. And it tells us that our specific roadmap, back to Dora, our roadmap will be unique to us here at Pursuit Community Church. So I want to share a little story with you to kind of help you understand what I'm talking about here. The question I'm going to ask you right now is, what's the highest you've ever been? Let me rephrase that. Uh, some of you are probably laughing right now. That was not what I was trying to insinuate. Let me rephrase that. What's the highest elevation, like the highest height you've ever been? Okay? So think for a moment. Some of you are probably right now saying, well, I've you know, been on a plane before, so that's probably the highest, literally the highest I've ever been. Some of you are probably thinking of the highest building you've ever been in, the tallest skyscraper. I've been in the Willis Tower in Chicago before, formerly the Sears Tower. Uh, been in the Freedom Arch in St. Louis before. Those things are very tall. Maybe some of you are like super athletic and you've climbed mountains. Maybe that's the highest you've ever been in this world before. But for me, when I answer that question, I have this very vivid memory. I think back to when I was a little boy. One of my uncles, my mom's brother, was in law enforcement. He was a state trooper in North Minnesota uh, and based out of Duluth when I was growing up. He did this for years, decades. And growing up, we used to go up to Walker, Minnesota to visit my grandparents. And every once in a while, there were a couple times where like my uncle, when he was on duty, he would go take some of the you know, nieces and nephews to go do some fun things. Sometimes it was just driving us somewhere in his squad and that was like really cool. But there was one time where he took me and my brother and my sister and we went out to a ranger station in the Chippewa National Forest. And part of that ranger station was a fire lookout tower, literally a tower in the middle of the forest 
where they climb up to the top and they look to see if they can see smoke, see if they can see forest fires. So it's a pretty bare bones structure. It's literally just like steel pipes and beams bolted together. There's not like walls, like it's just like a chain link fence, kind of making sure that you don't fall off to your death or something crazy like that. So as a little boy, you're climbing up this tower, which is probably maybe like 10 stories, 15 stories tall, not the tallest thing in the world. But as a little boy, you're climbing this and you just think like, I will never be higher ever in my life. Like this is the tallest thing I will ever climb on ever. And I remember getting to the top of that tower and being able to look out and it felt like I could see the entire world. It felt like I could see every corner of the earth. It felt almost like I could see the curvature of the earth. And I don't know if that's true or not, but that's what it felt like, right? As an adult, as I think back on this experience, being at the top of that fire lookout tower in the Chippewa National Forest, it's so interesting to me because the realization is that I didn't go anywhere different. I was still in the same woods. I was still in this very familiar part of the world that I'd been to a million times. I was just able to see it from a different perspective, a different angle that I never had experienced before. And the reason I share that with you, the reason I ask you that question of how high you've ever been is because I believe that's what we need to do when it comes to our view, our perspective of church. We need to shift our perspective. If we want to know what's coming next, if we want to know what God is calling us to next as Christians, as Christ followers, as attenders and members of Pursuit Community Church, we need to shift our perspective. Maybe you've been a Christian your whole life and you view church one way. But now, whether it's because of the pandemic, it's whether it's because we can't meet in person, whether it's for whatever reason, you need to shift your perspective. And it's not hard to do. And I want to show you how, okay? When your perspective changes, you see things in a new way. You discover new things that you had never seen, that you never knew before. And I believe that that is the case here with all of us today. Like I said, our perspective on church needs to change. We need to see this church in a different way in order to move forward. So here are the tools to do it. How, you might ask, is PCC a map to guide us forward? If you're able right now, without turning off this video feed, go to the website. Pick up your phone, go to your laptop, your tablet, open a new uh, browser window, and go to the church's website, Pursuit Community Church. In the upper right-hand corner, you're going to see an About Us tab. I want you to click on it, scroll down the values, and then click on that. Everything that I'm about to share with you right now comes right from that page of the website. If you've been at Pursuit since the beginning or whether you've just been here a week or two or maybe today's your first experience here, if we want to shift our perspective on Pursuit, on church in general, then we need to understand and look at these values and the mission different. So our church's mission statement is this. We are always in pursuit of Jesus and the people he loves. Our missional neighborhood, our headquarters, our corner of the world is the Moundsview School District. And we operate, everything we do falls under one of five values. I'm going to read them for you quickly right now. Value one, we are an imperfect church for imperfect people. Not perfect? Great. You're going to fit in just fine here at Pursuit. We love everyone and welcome them to our church, wherever they are, on the spectrum of faith. We don't expect perfection, but we do call people to engage with God and be open to change. All we ask is you offer the church the same grace as we grow and continually become more of what God intends. God is never done with you, and he isn't done with us either. Our second value is that we are big K kingdom people. We don't exist to make our name great. We exist to make Jesus' name great. 
We look to partner with other gospel-centered churches, organizations, and movements. At the end of the day, our goal is for people to know Jesus and not just the name of the church. We also will be as generous as we can possibly be with any resources that we have been given to steward. We truly, truly, truly believe we can't outgive Jesus. One of the ways we plan to do this is to continue to plant new churches that are local and responsive to their own communities. We want to plant our first church in our first three years of existence. Value three, we are passionate about people who aren't here yet. We are completely enamored with the idea of connecting with lost people. Jesus, again and again, went out of his way to love and surprise lost people with grace. We want to be students of our culture looking for opportunities to share the good news in new and novel ways. We will continue to change our methods and do whatever we can to reach people who don't know Jesus. Outward focus is a posture that will drive our language, our decisions, and our vision for Pursuit Community Church. Value four. We are convinced that Jesus' gospel is good news for all. We are all sinners in need of a Savior, and we believe our hope rests only in the person and resurrection of Jesus Christ. All of history is built towards him and now testifies to who Jesus is and what he did for humanity. Everything was created through him and is being reconciled to him, including us. The gospel is central to what we do and how we do it. Jesus left us with the message, the gospel, and the mission, make disciples. And so we keep Jesus' good news in the foreground. Our last value is this. We are all about community and all about the community. The church was never meant to be a place where you sneak into the back row and leave without a significant connection. Jesus calls us to more. He paints a picture of a church that is known by the way we love one another. The way we do community should speak to our community. We believe both an inward and an outward focus on the community is what the church should be all about. So I ask you again, Pursuit, what's next? What's next for 2020, for 2021, for 2022? What's next in our country, in our state, in our county, in our cities, in our neighborhoods? What's next in your family? What's next with your job or your career? What's next with your kids? What's next with their education? What's next with their spirituality, with your faith? One of the ways that God is guiding us and giving us all that we need is he has given us and he's given you a church, a body of believers to be a part of, to connect with, and to grow with. And I believe the answer that we're all looking for is to just find that new perspective, to change how we view church, to change maybe how we consume, how we participate, how we live out our faith, and how we participate in this body of believers. So what's next for the people who are part of, of the pursuit community? I think it's those five things. I think it's continuing to be an imperfect church for imperfect people. I think it's continuing to be a big K kingdom, people-focused. I think it's to be passionate about people who aren't here yet. I think it's to share the good news of Jesus' gospel. And I also think that it's to prioritize the community. We're in and be all about the community. Growing our awareness of the needs of the community and how we can meet them. That's what we're talking about. If we do these things, if we continue to prioritize these values, to recommit and center our collective purpose on these things, then we will not only answer that big question of what's next, but we will let God's map guide us to his will and his purpose here on earth. And the best part about that is that we get to be players in that. 
We don't have to sit on the sidelines and be afraid or anxious. We get to participate in, and be reborn and refreshed in new ways. And that is exciting. This has been and continues to be an extremely difficult and trying year for all of us. I know that. No one is immune to 2020. We each have experienced this year in our own ways, and I know many of you are searching for the answer to what's next. My hope is that we can, as brothers and sisters in faith, rally around and utilize this church pursuit and its people as a map to guide us to the future. And I know this sounds sappy, but I truly believe this. And this is uh, 18 years of ministry experience talking right now. I can't think of a better place and a better group of people to be doing that with than all of you, than with e each of you. I personally, even if I wasn't on staff working here, this would be a movement and a group of believers that I would want to be a part of. Thank you for this time this morning, and uh, let me pray for you guys. Father, again, we just thank you for this time together this morning, and I just want to pray specifically for all the people out there watching online that you are working in their lives, God. You're helping them shift their perspective. You're giving them everything they need as they journey towards you, God. I ask that you'd bless them and watch over them, give them the power of your spirit, illuminate new ways to draw closer to you, and help us all answer that question of what's next, God. We love you. It's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. Thank you all. You're fantastic. And uh, I just pray all of God's blessings on you guys this week.